0: It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California. Well, tonight we have a great show for you, and it's all about the Law of Attraction. We have Mr. Gary Bodley, who channeled the book, A Perception of Reality, The Teachings of Joshua. Now, Gary is a follower of Abraham Hicks, who stated, as you all know, that everyone has the ability to bring forth information from a higher self, and Gary did just that by sitting at his computer and letting the words flow. What turned out is a wonderful explanation of the Law of Attraction, not through Gary, but through the non-physical entities called Joshua. So get ready to change your perception today as we dive into this brilliant book called A Perception of Reality. Now, I just want to share some insights into what I have been happily seeing in the world right now. There is a shift occurring and it's coming at us at lightning speeds. What a great time to be alive, to experience the dramatic changes happening right now. Hey, people are waking up. We are all becoming aware that each of us has this this incredible power of creation. We are all becoming aware of our own limiting beliefs that stops our creations as well. Not only can we mold and influence the energy around us, we know now that we have the absolute power to heal ourselves from any illness or disease. Every illness is but a blessing to us, giving us hints as to what is happening within our mind. We know that by us becoming aware of what we don't want, we take the time to discover what we do want. We find what thoughts are birthed inside our mind and which ones are actually created from something that we had to learn from. We now know that collectively our consciousness merges together and we can absolutely change the weather. We can calm areas that have been going through great upheaval and we can even stop wars. That's how powerful we are together consciously. We even know that we can change our ancestors' belief system that came to us through our DNA. We no longer have to experience their limiting beliefs that have influence on us. We can truly have a clean slate into which to really manifest our desires. Nothing can stop us. And when just one person discovers their power of creation, it's like the hundredth monkey effect. It soon becomes the norm within our communities and then globally. Now, today we know that we are not insignificant but that we are all here at the same time to make the biggest change to this planet through the understanding of the science of love and the science of ourselves. Love created the sun and moon down to the subatomic levels of a freeway system that puts ourselves into perfect working order. Everything is as it should be. As we learn that there is no one above us and no one below us, we are one with each other and one with the universe or the energy of all that is. Do you realize that never have we been closer to losing that human ego that needs to control everything and every outcome? This is a pretty spectacular time and i hope you join with me in shouting a great big thank you thank you for allowing us to be on this planet at this time and in this space to create this reality i am you and you are i and together we are discovering that Every cell of our body is a magnificent creator. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, with that little rampage of happiness, let's take a fast break and return with our wonderful guest, Gary Boldly, who who will be talking to us about the law of attraction. We'll be right back. that's lawofattractionmagazine.net.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jay Warren here, professional basketball player and entrepreneur. And I want to give a testimonial for a good friend of mine, Jules Johnson. I call her good friend because before I had met her, I've been listening to her Law of Attraction radio show for over two years. Just the information she shared on her show. Was amazing that I had to connect and reach out to this woman. After I reached out to her, we spoke. I had a conversation, and she uh, suggested some sessions to me. And just with those couple of sessions that she has gave me, I've seen the dramatic results in my life. It's been mind blowing on um, just what a couple of sessions with her have done for me. You know, she's very humble. She's very honest, but she knows her information. She knows the law of attraction, and she knows the barriers that are, are keeping you from moving forward in your life. you're a big believer in the law of attraction hypnosis whatever i highly highly suggest jules johnson for you because she will definitely lead you down the path that you need to go so thanks again jules i love you very much take care bye
0: okay i'm back and you are listening to law of attraction talk radio with jules well i am so excited to announce that the science behind the law of attraction magazine is just getting such great reviews and i am so happy to see the success that it's uh experiencing right now it's it's just it just makes me happy it is packed full of information and and especially scientific information All about the law of attraction, Chinese medicine, natural medicine, foods, diets. And, you know, there's even an interview from 1932 featuring Nikola Tesla, who Albert Einstein called the most brilliant creator alive. And that's pretty impressive coming from Einstein. And if you want to know what books that I highly recommend that you read, You're going to find it in the Science Behind the Law of Attraction magazine. So go to lawofattractionmagazine.net and sign up for the updates to make sure that you don't miss your free copy. Now, let's get on with tonight's show. Gary Temple Bodley resides in my old neck of the woods, West Palm Beach, Florida. As a matter of fact, we discovered that he currently lives just a few blocks from where I lived and now we talked as if we have known each other forever and it's all about the law of attraction. He has a very interesting story to tell you on how he became involved with the non-physical entities called Joshua. So that is where we're going to start today's show with. The book is called A Perception of Reality. The Teachings of Joshua, and you can find out more about him and Joshua by going to www.theteachingsofjoshua.com. Well, welcome, Gary, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. It's an absolute delight to have you on the show with me today.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: So you are the author of Of the book, A Perception of Reality, um, The Teachings of Joshua. So, for our audience, tell us who Joshua is.
1: Well, Joshua is a group of non physical teachers, and there is a story behind how it came to me. Okay. So, I thought I'd tell you that story.
0: Yeah, please.
1: I'm a pretty normal guy. I live here in West Palm Beach, right down the street from where you used to live. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here most of my life. I actually grew up in San Diego, and then my parents moved here in the 70s to Boca. And uh, so I've been here most of my life. Primarily, I've been in business and doing real estate, and my wife and I own a chain of restaurants, and by all you know, look of things, quite a normal life.
0: You have restaurants there. What's the name of the restaurants?
1: Nature's Way Cafe.
0: Oh, great.
1: Yeah. It's been around since 1978. My wife was the first franchisee, and then we bought the company in 2003.
0: Wow.
1: So we were going along, having a nice, normal life, um, doing very well in business, and I had always been interested in, you know, self-help and that sort of thing, and, you know, Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, but, you know, never more than that. Mm Well, when the financial crisis hit, we really took a big wallop and lost you know, most of our assets and almost had to start over from scratch again. We had our house sold, and then the people backed out. We had already moved to a new house, and we're living in Tequesta, which is a nice little town in the northern part of Palm Beach County, on the river, overlooking the... Uh, Jonathan Dickinson State Park. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Total beautiful animals all the time but we were completely isolated and alone and had just gone through this devastating disaster of the financial you know here for the real estate industry it was like a depression. So we were regrouping and we had someone gave us the secret to listen to. So we were getting our car and listened to The Secret over and over, and we were really inspired by that. And then my wife picked up a copy of Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. And we had, had it in our library and listened to it before, but it never, it never sank in. So we put it in, and we were totally into that. Mm-hmm. Then we decided to go to the seminar in Asheville, which is a two-day one, and it was life-changing from there. But never more anything than we were interested in this law of attraction thing. So come back home. We're listening to Abraham. We're getting our life back together. From that seminar, things really started to change. Um, We got back into business again. Things started going well. And I kept hearing people talking about meditating. And I always thought about meditating, but I always thought it was weird and didn't want to do it. But I had this urge to do it. So Lily and I started meditating, and this was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So we would lay in bed together, meditate, and just in the beginning, it was very difficult, but pretty soon it got going, and we were enjoying it. And then one day, I felt a presence come into me as I was meditating, and it was very obvious. And it was weird that I didn't think it was really weird, but it was sort of soothing and warm and loving and but it was very obvious it was like as if you put your hand on your left side of your face that's how it felt mm-hmm. but it was on the inside of your head um so this kept happening every time i meditated it would start slowly and it would be very obvious and i just sort of thought that might have been something normal in meditating but it was just you know really profound and then i started asking this presence questions and the answers would come back instantly. And the, they were so profound, I knew it wasn't me. So th- I just kept this to myself. I didn't tell anyone about it because I thought it was strange. And pretty soon, I t- would tell Lily. And then, and then she was sort of curious about it. And then the things that I was hearing was very interesting. Um, and then one day, jo- um, I asked, asked this presence their name and came back Joshua right away. And... At first, I thought it was an individual, but it turns out it's a group of non-physical entities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one day they said, get up and write, write, write. So I went to my computer, and I sat down, and I just started typing with my three fingers as fast as I could. And in about an hour, four pages were written. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what what I was writing. I was semi-aware of it. It sounded like it didn't make sense. But when I went back through it, it was the first pages of that book. Mm. of a perception of reality. Um, I didn't know it at the time what was happening, but that was exactly as you would read in the book. Those are the first pages that were written that first day. Mm. So printed them out, showed them to my wife, Lily, and our other two friends. We had them over for dinner that night and everyone was blown away by those four pages. The next day, got up after meditating, the same thing, got down and wrote and another three or four pages came out and for the next Eight weeks, every single day, I would come in and just start typing and it was finished in January of 2014, it took exactly eight weeks. Hmm. Um, the, when it was over, that was the day. The last day we, I typed, you know, you knew it was the end. Mm-hmm. And so we're sort of sad that it was ending, So, but the very next day, another book was started and in eight w- weeks, that one was written, hmm. exactly the same process. Which is really interesting. So if you would look at the book, you would never notice, you know, that one day left off in the middle of a sentence and the next day would start. You couldn't tell day by day which, where it started, where it ended. There was no um, projection of where it was going. It just kept writing out. And when you read the book, it looks like it has been something that was planned out and Mm -hmm. it's perfect. So very shocking and unbelievable book. Um, and the feedback has been incredible and it's really changed my life, certainly, and in a lot of other people's lives.
0: So, and it, it's similar to Neil Donald Walsh, because that's how he wrote the conversations with God.
1: Exactly. Um, the same sort of thing, except that I didn't ask any questions. I'm simply typing. What I'm see. hearing. Right? Okay. Um, but also like I was walking yesterday, I do a walk every morning, I was listening to one of your shows with Garnett Schulhauser, who wrote. Dancing on a stamp.
0: Oh yes.
1: Same sort of thing as that. <clears throat> What's interesting is the information in those books, and obviously Abraham too. It's all very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, as this is happening, my, you know, uh, my friends. I have a huge group of friends, and and they're all following along with the book as it's being read, written. Uh, I'm sending everyone PDFs of the day's writing, and it um, starts going around to other people. And then people started writing in questions for Joshua. So the first question I got was from my wife, actually. And I sat down and typed it out. um, And it was just this amazing answer. And it, like, brought tears to her eyes. And it was, you know, she thought it was unbelievable. Um, And then other people started doing it. And the same process. So I would just sit down, read the question, and then type the answer, not knowing who the person is most of the time because it comes from someone's friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And now this has become a really big part of Joshua is that – People are sending questions in from all over the world. Someone gives them a copy of the book. They buy the book somewhere, and they can ask Josh a question on the website, and it comes to me, and I'm doing, you know, I try and do three or four every day, Mm. and that really is the funnest part, but it's so strange because I had never thought this would happen in my whole life. Mm. It was really uh, out of the blue, really.
0: Yeah, and you only learned about Abraham uh, a couple of years ago?
1: Right, Um, probably three years ago. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, that was your ticket.
1: It was sort of like I was led from the secret to Abraham to this. Mm -hmm. Having not, you know, heard the secret, having not, you know, found Abraham, you know, joshua and abraham both say that anyone can do what i'm doing it's available to everyone you just have to sort of get in the right vibration and like esther i never had any preconceived beliefs i was very open in my beliefs Um, i think this is weird but i never thought channeling was weird in and of itself i just think it's weird happening to me
0: yeah (laughs) so so when it started happening to you um why didn't you Discount it right then. Why? What kept you going? It was the energy that you were feeling. Your
1: yes. If that if it had not been for that energy while meditating, I would have totally discounted it. Hmm. Because the thoughts that come to you are your thoughts. They don't give you thought. It's just you're you're interpreting your own thoughts. So it sounds like you talking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you realize that it's higher intelligence and you're not discounting it um it starts to make more sense and you start to understand it um and then there's a i, I still discount it sometimes you know i'm still thinking is that me or is this something else but after all of this now i've written three books now i've almost finished a fourth book and answered hundreds of questions and it's always consistent you know, if you were trying to do this yourself, you would come up with all kinds of inconsistencies. Right. But there's never anything inconsistent about this. It's mm. always the same sort of ideas coming through. Um, so you different...
0: you don't you don't channel it all verbally. It's all through automatic writing.
1: I used to think that I would transition into verbal, but it just seems like it's continuing writing. Mm. So if I was to tell you talk to you right now about Joshua's teachings, it would come from my perspective of what I've read, mm-hmm. not from Joshua himself. Completely different than Esther and a lot of other people.
0: Um, so I often wonder, watching Esther and watching, you know, Abraham, where doesn't she pick up a lot of the information? So doesn't she, after all these years, have the learned information is it? it's it can't be a shock to her what do you think
1: so right so do you mean is she she's been a student of this the closest student of abraham that there ever is how does the teachings affect her life personally
0: well yeah we've seen how because she's quite successful
1: right um she was quite successful before too her and jerry had a good business they weren't really working before. Um, that's the thing that for me personally is I know all of this stuff. And so I think, what, if, what is the big changes in my life that's taken place from all of this? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been that I see I, my perspective is different. So that I understand that if something is bothering me, if someone does something that annoys me, it's not them, it's me. And that I can't just discount the person as being annoying. I have to understand that it's something in me that finds them annoying. And I have to deal with the limiting belief in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A typical example for me was that I would get really annoyed with people driving slowly on 95. Oh, yeah. And so I would go past and give them the evil eye thinking that I could change them. Well, well, they were only going slow because I have this resistance to it, something of being later or not being, you know, people should be different than they are, that sort of thing. And as my pers- perspective has changed on that, I am treating cars as if they're robots and allowing everything to flow as it's supposed to flow. And if traffic is going slow, then it's meant to go slow. And so my perspective makes my feelings and emotions so much easier with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So Josh will say, anytime that you notice a negative emotion, it is your sign that there is an issue or a fear or a limiting belief that you have with regard to that subject. And you're looking at it from a perspective that's not serving you. It's a limited perspective. And so instead try and look at the situation from their perspective where everything is right and everything's for you and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, it it starts and stops within your head.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's all it, a matter of perspective.
0: Yeah. It's, so how do you, how does Joshua um, tell us how to change our perception? I mean, okay. so are we flipping a switch?
1: We're totally flipping a switch. Okay. Exactly right. So... <clears throat> A big issue that we have from our, you know, living in this society is that we think that we can change the conditions that we don't like. But the conditions can't really change until you change. You're a vibrational match to everything that comes to you. So the, the reason you're not, you don't have what you want is because you don't match it vibrationally. Um, for instance, if you have a job you don't like, is It's not that the job isn't going well. It's that you're not um, allowing what you want to come through and you need to be changed by the conditions so that you can be ready for the job that you really want or the lover you really want or the health that you really want, that sort of thing.
0: So what you're saying then is that what we are experiencing at the moment, if we don't like it, it's actually a motivating factor. Right Even for us. But you're saying that it's going to, we need to get into the place of a higher vibration and um, therapists would say, you just have to let it motivate you to see the other opportunities that will be flowing to you.
1: So what I think is how it works is that okay. you have a desire and that desire, whatever it is, is given to you. But since you don't have it in your life, you're not a match to the perfect, uh, elegant manifestation of what you really want. So that means that your vibration has to change from who you are now to the version of you that matches what you want. Now, there's nothing for you to do except allow the universe to bring in what we call, what Joshua calls, manifestation events. Mm -hmm. So these are little events that happen throughout the day they happen all the time and the purpose of them is to change your perspective so that your vibration changes your beliefs once you you know if you change your belief your limiting beliefs your vibration automatically changes just based on that um so if you encounter something along your day you feel negative emotion that's your sign that you have a limiting belief instead of judging the situation as bad or the person who's you know, saying something is wrong, you say, you analyze that and you think, how am I being, what am I believing that is limiting me from being the person who really needs to understand this so that I can accept going on to what I really want or allow what I really want to come to me because you have to be in that right vibration to even recognize what you want coming to you. I'll give you an example here. So before I met Lily, I was um, in my 30s. I was single and dating a lot of different girls. And um, mostly I was choosing girls that were fun and that sort of thing. But it was never the right girl. And there was always these little you know, problems. You, I would date someone for six months and break up. Um, and then I said, well, now that I'm getting serious, I want to think about who I'm dating. And I'm just going to take a break for six months. And so I changed. I didn't, you know, I knew that I had to be different in order to attract a different kind of woman. So I stopped for six months, and then in that, which was the first time ever in my life that I hadn't did. And then at the end of the six months, lo and behold, Lily, who worked in the restaurant downstairs, she owned the cafe, who I would see every day, said something to me. And that's the first time I recognized that. You know her really at all, because she had always been someone who was I thought out of my league. Mm-hmm. And instantly we started this magical romance, and we've been together since nineteen you know 1997. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to become a different version of me, even to recognize that I could meet someone like Lily.
0: Okay, so let's go into the desires you're saying that you have to recognize what's going wrong and you're limiting beliefs first. So what about these people who are out there desiring for a better life or desiring more money or a car or a bike or whatever that desire will not necessarily give them what they want. Is right. that what you're saying?
1: So there's, um, a couple of different things first if you desire it you can have any be or do or have anything you want so it doesn't matter now you could say i want a million dollars and everyone wants a million dollars but primarily the people who um want a million dollars is because they don't like the conditions they have they think the million dollars will change their conditions mm-hmm. so that's an ineffective way to go around it really which the only way you can um bring money into your life is by following a passion and then the universe will support that passion so the so the side effect of following a passion is money to enable you to continue following that passion the other way to attract money is to be very interested in money itself maybe you're interested in the stock market or in something financial but generally the wealthy people you see have followed A business passion and the money came in as a result of that and for me it was real estate I would do what I do for free and the money flows in from that my wife is now a designer she would do that for free the money is a side effect of that Mm -hmm. so you don't want when you choose a desire you're looking at it from an aspect of is this my passion or is this a way to relieve the condition that I don't like Mm -hmm. and that's the tricky part of why people don't really understand the law of attraction because they think just to think about what they want, it'll come to them. There's a lot more to it than that. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, and I would have to agree because um, once you get and and have been into this as long as I have, I'm getting up there in age now, but <laughs> Because the desire for money is like, doesn't exist anymore. It's it's just, it's not important at all. And right. taking the focus off of money allows money to flow in all these different directions. Because you're just not thinking about it. You're just not, there's just no need. It's like you're finally able to trust the universe that you're going to get everything you need. I probably, I don't know, I may be... A person who does not really want a million dollars—I have no need for it. I have no desire for a million dollars. I do have a desire to be comfortable, not to worry. And um, as long as I don't think about finances, I—I never worry.
1: I often think about animals. They never worry about the food, or water, or anything. They're just allowing the universe to give them what they need. They don't need, just, you know, a whole stockpile of food. They just know that the next day when they wake up, they'll find it. Right. And that's how I've sort of changed lately is that I'm just following whatever I think is interesting in the moment, doing whatever is most fun, uh, most exciting, and then not worrying about anything else. I know that, you know, sort of having trust and faith that things will come together as they're needed, when they're needed.
0: So then we're talking about these non-entities uh, uh, that are out there in the energy fields. Uh, so where, where does these energy, um, these entities? are they really people? Or are they the collective consciousness?
1: They're non-physical entities, just as we are non-physical when we're sleeping or when we're, you know, before we're born, after we die. So they're just, you know, in the, in the non-physical, focused on Earth, just as when we transition to non-physical, we'll be focused on Earth and our families and friends and the things that we were interested in before. And they are teachers coming through in a lot of different forms, to, um, through a lot of different teachers, right now because this is the time of awakening and people are really transitioning out of a fear-based mentality into a love-based mentality.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I'm seeing that every single day. It's just amazing to me. I'm I'm thrilled. Me so too. let's let's talk about today's issues then. Sure. And how can we go about changing the the fear. Uh, there's fear right now that there's going to be a World War three And there's fear right now that we're being affected by chemtrails. There's fear right now that the food that we eat is actually based in insecticides, you know, GMOs. There's fear out there. So how do we go about continuing so- to live knowing that? Well, how do we do that?
1: You attract what you think is right and what you think is wrong. So you need to change your perspective that the things that seem to be wrong are nothing more than opportunities for people to explore wherever they came here to explore. So the world we live in right now has never been so diverse. There's never been more wealth and more extreme poverty. You know. 500 years ago there might have been poverty but everyone was poor so you couldn't really feel that poor but now you can be living you know poor in America you know two blocks away from a 10 million dollar house and you really see the difference there but people come to explore whatever they come to explore in this you know incarnation on earth and we have to be able to allow everyone to do whatever is they need to be doing We don't have to focus on it because we create our own personal realities by what we think is right. So as long as you, uh, you know, the first words in the book is there is no wrong anywhere in the universe. Everything is right. Mm -hmm. It's just your limited perspective that makes it seem as if things are wrong. But from the higher perspective, everything's okay, everything's right.
0: Yeah, but Um, everything if everything was right, we wouldn't expand. So we have to recognize what's wrong in order to create what we do want.
1: Right. You you go through the contrast, but focusing on problems doesn't really help you. You just have to focus on what you personally get out of life, what you personally want to explore, what you're personally interested in, and allow everyone else to do whatever they want to do because it's their reality, not yours. Um, But I think that you you know you can live on this earth better than you know anyone who ever lived here before right now and you could live here with a terrible life worse than anyone ever had before in history right now too so it's your choice and how you want to perceive you know the world as it is and how you want to live in it and you and you and everyone can do that right yeah
0: so are we here or do, Are do we here to learn how to live in joy or are we here to learn every aspect?
1: There's nothing to learn because when you're non-physical, you have access to infinite intelligence. The only reason we come here is because it's a fun experience. We want to be here and to expand through experience of reality. So you can't experience what it's like to be poor or to lose a child or to, you know, um, have a big family or to um, you know run very fast or fly an airplane until you actually be in this physical reality. and that's the reason we come. There's no um, r- real hierarchy of growth that you have to do. You do it until you want to move on and and you come as often as you like to come. Hmm. But it's definitely the expansion through experience is what I've got.
0: Right. Expansion through experience. Interesting. Uh, Continue on. Let's let's talk more. So you're saying that we shouldn't focus in on the GMOs. So you're basically saying, yeah, acknowledge that it's there. And if we feel it's right and passionate, then we work towards changing the system. If we don't, is that... What you're saying?
1: Exactly. Well, not really changing the system because you don't want to ever fight against anything. You want to use maybe if you think that GMOs are bad for yourself, you want to embrace organics or move into some sort of you know Nature's Way cafe. We are not saying that other that the McDonald's is wrong. We're just saying what we think is interesting and enjoyable is this healthy bounty of fresh vegetables that's available. Um, and so we're, so to be focused on what you think is best for you without having to stop anyone else from doing what they're doing.
0: Interesting. You know, I just saw a great big email from Wayne Dyer that says contact Congress to get rid of the dark act. And I just saw another one from Louise Hay saying the exact same thing. Now they have been preaching for a long time, the Law of Attraction. And and they're fabulous. So I thought it was very interesting that they came out publicly to get people to come together on that.
2: Yeah,
1: it, and you can just see how our way of life, of how we were taught from, uh, from children to get rid of things you don't want instead of to learn to navigate around the things you don't want. You know, it's sort of like an analogy of, you're moving down a stream and there's a rock that you might bump into. You don't want to stop and get rid of the rock and move it out of the way. You just want to go around the rock. And um, and, I, and I think that that's a very common teaching of Abraham and everybody. Um, so it's interesting to me that Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay would be against something.
0: Well, they're not saying they're against it. They're just activating people to become aware of it, to change it on the collective consciousness and to take appropriate action. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not really fighting something. That's just taking your power back. And that's how I look at it. It's time that we take our power back because we are the creators of our lives. But when we give away our power to something that we don't like, then we're not expanding.
1: And the government is a representative, representation of our collective consciousness. So you can sort of gauge the collective consciousness of this country or even your town based on what the government's doing, which is pretty interesting to, to see how that works. But I think that as we're moving more towards openness and love we are going to be less fearful and like every law is based in fear and every war is based in fear and and you know
0: and money (laughs) well fear
1: you know lack of money too you know so that's a fear-based thing as well
0: and a power-based thing too yeah exactly um so how do we vibrate beyond the gmos of course we're all you know as far as Something with the GMOs, we're going to be, the people who know about it, are eating organics, are um, uh, eating really healthy foods instead of the processed foods that we get in the grocery stores. So that is the appropriate action step.
1: Exactly. You can look at how we have been going along as a population in this country since the 80s getting heavier and heavier. And now that GMOs comes along, that sparks a lot of people to think differently about their diet and will probably affect and change the lives of people who say that I'm not going to eat that and I want to go towards this, and that could change the whole approach to how people look at food in the future. So Mm -hmm. from that perspective, you can say that the GMO – period in America, which is probably gonna be a short period, changed the way everyone looks at food now. Right. Yeah.
0: It does. It does. So it's a good thing. So
1: it's a good thing. Exactly right.
0: Yeah. And so and and people are now putting non GMOs on their boxes exactly. because they want that. And it's like, oh, problem solved. I'm just gonna hit the ones that say non GMOs. Right. And
1: then you don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Yeah, but you're saying that we shouldn't be bothered by taking the action step of changing or, you know, letting our thoughts be known on that.
1: Unless you're inspired to do so Mm -hmm. from a uh, stance of moving towards something you want and not of getting rid of something you don't want. Because fixing problems just does not work. You know, fighting the war on drugs that's never going to work. Fighting terrorism is never going to work. Um, you know, Fighting against things that you don't think is good is just giving more fuel to the fire. So you have to find a way to move towards what you want, the ideal of what you want, and not say, I'll be happy when this happens. When this condition changes, then I'll be happy. You have to Move towards what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, what you really want, and allow everything else to be as it is, knowing that your power really is, is your focus on what is the ideal, the best that you can be, the best for you personally.
0: Okay, so I always tell people, my audience, my wonderful listeners, I always say, stop participating. It's as simple as that. Just stop participating. Because then you're not giving that vibration power. Exactly. that what you don't like. Just stop participating. The, uh, in California here, where it's mandated that you have to get your children vaccinated or else they can't go to school. And they're now mandating for adults to be vaccinated. So it's like, okay. What do we do here? We don't participate. Right.
1: You don't, I mean, and that is another issue that's going to change people's minds about education in general. Why are we putting all our kids in these camps that are teaching this one thing?
0: you right. There's a whole
1: chapter um, in both books, actually, um, about education, intelligence, and learning. Mm -hmm. And how it works is children are naturally gravitating to things they're interested in at the right time for them. And they are equally intelligent, and the intelligence comes to them when something in them is sparked. And that may happen when they're two years old or ten years old. But to put them all in the same category based on age and to teach them all stuff that they're not interested in and then expect them to learn it – isn't going to work because the only ones who learn it are the ones who want to please the teachers, the parents, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. We're, we're we have to conform in order to be liked. Right. That's what's basically teaching us. So it's not teaching us to think outside of the box. It's
1: actually a survival instinct is that right. you are tuned to your parents' approval because they support you. And so in order to get their approval, you do things that that you think will get them. And it's some sort of a natural thing. But if you're allowed naturally to just be a child, have fun, and then become interested in things, you will learn to read at 10 years old in 10 seconds if you're ready to read. Like mm-hmm. can you imagine the stigma of going through the first 10 years of your life not knowing how to read? You know, you you just get caught up into the cycle. If it was allowed, you you know, you that's how kids get all these uh, issues with reading or math, especially math. Even worse with math, because people are expected to learn math at an age that may not be appropriate for them, mm-hmm. and then it stigmatizes them their whole life because they have this feeling that they're inadequate in that one subject. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but so maybe this vaccine idea, and certainly a lot of other ones, are gonna, going to allow parents to say, maybe it's better to opt out of this whole system. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all the tools in your home to do it. You have all the I, um, ways to socialize children in the neighborhood and different things you can participate in that maybe the schools aren't appropriate. And I think that we're going to find soon that the de-evolution of the school system is upon us.
0: Right, right. More and more people I know out here in California do homeschool. So, yeah, yeah, it's very, very popular, and I could see why. Um, So, yeah, I agree that when a child is born, they have the knowledge, and all they have to do during their lifetime is simply remember. But we are taught to forget. And that's what I keep on striving. Just sit down and try to remember. Get into contact. And that's basically what you have done with Joshua.
1: Yeah, for me, the way I remembered it is by by um, reading back what was written and realizing it that, yes, I this sounds familiar. I know this. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to when I was a kid, um, going to church, and for me, it didn't make any sense that you'd be judged, um, and that yeah. there there was a such thing as sin, and things like that, so but for this, it was made more sense, and really, this is a blueprint on, on how reality really works, and why it works the way it does, and when you understand the mechanism of physical reality and universal laws it and then, you know, you understand, it takes a little while to get deprogrammed from how you're used to living, but once you do, then everything becomes easier. You don't get into these conflicts anymore because there's no need for them.
0: Right.
1: Yep.
0: There is no need for them, but it's like, and I can say this as I'm getting older in life, um, that with every year that passes, there's a new realization that you're not the same as you were growing up. You're not the same troublemaker that, right. <laughs> that I was. You know, you're you're evolving. And the longer that you're on this planet, the more that you can see yourself evolving. And that's really, really a good thing. Where people were all at once and in in younger years focusing on money, 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 money. As you get older, you realize, wow, it's just no need for it. I can manifest anything. And money is the easiest thing because it's just energy. There's no, it's too easy. So you're starting to change the way your perception of how you feel about what was once so important and such a big distraction in your life to what is really important in your life, which is experiencing the life. What are you getting out of it? What have you gotten? And when you reach the ripe old age of 62, 65, 70, you can look back and say, my goodness, wasn't it just grand?
1: Exactly. The purpose of aging is so that you gain a different perspective every day of your life. And you can see from an older age what a perspective difference it is from when you were younger yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the higher perspective, and it gets higher and higher. You always w- would love to go back to be your former self, you know, to know what you knew, you know, know what you know now back then, but you had to go through everything you went through to get to this level. Mm-hmm. Without all the traumas and experiences that you had, you would never have this perspective. So, no matter where you are now and how bad your life was before or good or whatever, you owe everything that you have now to what you lived before.
0: Exactly. And one last thing, when you become a ripe old age, you are able to look back and see the law of attraction in your life. And it is a powerful experience to go back. Oh, my gosh, I did manifest that. Oh, my gosh. So you are seeing the universal laws come into effect. You're seeing them like you haven't seen them before. With every day that passes, you realize what a magnificent human being you really are.
1: And that's the most important thing. The The thing is that every single life is completely unique. There's never been another person like anyone before or will ever be again. So everyone's perspective is 100% unique, which means that everyone is absolutely worthy. Mm-hmm. But, you ha- but unless you know that, and unless you know really how the universe works and the law of attraction, you look back and you might think that everything was random, but nothing's random and there are no coincidences. There is no luck. It all was unfolded exactly in proportion to what you were vibrating at the time in that hmm. matter. Yeah. And and you and I and, and your listeners can see this now where maybe me, I couldn't have seen that. Ten years ago, I would have thought, well, wasn't it lucky that that happened or wasn't it unlucky that that happened or I wish it could have been different. But now I see that every single step along the way has brought me to this place and I've never been more fulfilled or happy or have, have as much fun as I have now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but it was something that was vibrating in me that got me to this place.
0: And does that mean that you are never going to experience something that you don't like in the future?
1: No, because you're always expanding. You'll never stop doing that. And so you'll always uh, face these conditions. And um, even, you know, Lily and I never have arguments, um, especially in the last two or three years. But every once in a while, I'll notice a little – rise in my you know mm-hmm. something gets my craw usually something gets hers like I'll leave socks on the floor and uh she'll say um why do you leave the socks on the floor and I said would you prefer that I be different than I am knowing that you can't change me and she'll just say yes please <laughs> 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 it's when you know too much you, you know you you sort of hold yourself to a different different standard here and when you're with your wife who's in the who understands everything as well as you do you can't get away with anything anymore. So, you know, as long as you're conscious of that, things are still going to happen. You're still going to go through contrast. For me, this, you know, I was in the beginning of, of all this. It happened pretty quickly and I was, didn't tell a lot of people and still a lot of people, you know, a lot of my friends don't know about this because they would think it was too weird. Um, but so like, this is our first, my first radio interview. Um, Mm. And I think you were the second person I've ever sent a book to, so you know, I have to deal with some of my insecurity around all this as well. I'm not someone who's Blake going to want to go on a big book tour, but I think that at some point that will happen, and and I have, and this is one of the things that will help me move to another level.
0: Yeah, yeah, stepping stone. Exactly yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah, and of course it's law of attraction, and mm-hmm. that's what we're all about here. <laughs> the law of attraction, this wonderful, and um, we are all out of time. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. This is really great. Um, I want to mention uh, perception of reality, the teachings of Joshua, by Gary Temple, boldly, boldly. That's right. And and where can they find this book?
1: It's on Amazon. Um, just write in Gary Temple Bodley or A Percep- Perception of Reality, and you'll see it there. Also, the website is theteachingsofjoshua.com. And on that website, everything's free and available. Um, there's lots of questions that people have asked that you can read through, and those are really uh, fun to look at. Um, also anyone who wants to can send in a question for Joshua and I'll get to them as quickly as I can. We're doing about three a day now, which takes about an hour and a half. Um, it goes... are you
0: talking personal questions yes. or generic personal Either about one. themselves? Right. Okay. They can,
1: a lot of personal questions. Um, and although the answers are always directed to the person specifically, everyone can get something out of all the answers. And most people get way more out of other people's um, answers because they're not so intimately involved with the problem.
0: Right. So, it, and the, the place to put in a question is the teachings of theteachingsofjoshua.com. That's right. Okay, you know, good. You know. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Gary. I loved it. This You'll been, have to come back on.
1: I can't wait. This is like, you know, when you're doing something you love is when time flies and I can't believe the time's over already.
0: that's great yeah all right well thank you so much i appreciate it and we'll be talking again soon okay
1: jules thank you so much
0: and to all my wonderful listeners have a great week we'll be back here just waiting for you talk to you later bye-bye for now thank you so much for joining us we'll be back next week with another great show from law of attraction talk radio If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to Jules at LOARadioNetwork.com and have a great week.